It's not 9.15 yet. <laughs> All right, it's 9.15. We can go now. Um, well, uh, I hope uh, some of you are recovered. It's been a busy weekend if you went to the biblical counseling. Uh, is this on? It might need a new battery. Is it? Okay, that's fine. If you guys can hear me, that's all that matters. So, um, uh, yeah, so hopefully you're, if you went to the biblical counseling weekend, you're recovering a little bit. Um, uh, it was a sweet time. I'm thankful for it. Uh, and um, we might, uh, the setup downstairs worked pretty good. We might move back down there for this. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to talk about it. So, uh, But uh, this morning we are um, going to be starting a new book on discipling. Uh, but before we do that, let's keep our tradition of just asking uh, what opportunities you guys have had this last week. I mean, evangelism and discipling, they're like this, right? So it's not like we stopped talking about evangelism. So um, any opportunities that you guys had for spiritual conversations this week that we can pray for, that we can think about, or even think potential situations that you're praying for and looking towards? Yeah, Ken. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. John. Okay, so, and then hopefully there might be opportunities um, to talk with him. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll pray for his soul regardless, so, yeah. Any others this last week that you had opportunities for spiritual conversations? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah, so whether he's a believer or not, like he needs to grow evidently, so yeah. Right. Any others? Yeah, Lael. All right, well, let's pray for those, and uh, we'll get going this morning. Father, we just thank you for where you've placed us in life, out in the world, as we scatter each week and interact with so many people, um, multiple hundreds across the whole congregation, I would imagine, oh Lord God, and I uh, just pray that you would give us uh, clear opportunities. Uh, pray for this man, John, who um, doesn't know you, uh, evidently, and uh, um, I just pray that there might be an opportunity for Ken and Lael to speak into his life. But if not, Lord, that there would be other believers you would put in his life that could speak the truth um, and proclaim uh, about Jesus. Uh, pray for Daniel, um, who is uh, the neighbor to um, Mike and Lori and uh, who just has questionable fruit, um, at least professes to be yours. But uh, I pray that you would give um, just them opportunities, his wife opportunities, to speak into his life, and that he would, if he is yours, that he would grow, and if he's not, that you would make him yours, oh Lord God, that you would know him. Um, we would uh, pray for that, and uh, just even thank you for the opportunity that Lael has had this week to um, just encourage a fellow believer, and uh, pray that that would, uh, would continue. Please give us opportunities this week, even as uh, Halloween's coming up, and people can knock on our doors, and uh, just pray for opportunities to know our neighbors, and to 
um, get to know them a little bit better. Lord, we uh, pray for this time this morning as we talk about discipleship. Help us to know what that looks like. Help us to practice it in our lives. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Okay, so we are starting this book on discipling. And just to set the stage, um, of course, Dever talks about this in one of his chapters. But let's just start with some scripture. The key passage on our mandate for discipleship, of course, um, Matthew uh, 28, uh, 18 through 20. We keep bringing this back, we, but it's important that we do because this is our mission. We need to keep remembering that this is our mission. Um, so 28, 18, and Jesus came and said to them, that's the 11, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, or going therefore, uh, make disciples uh, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So our mission is to make disciples. That includes uh, initial conversion, right? Uh, so we talk about making disciples. Uh, it's, it's not that there's a disciple, such a thing as a believer who's not a disciple. They're one and the same, right? So that's our main mission. Uh, we do that by baptizing and by um, uh, teaching all that Jesus commanded. The prerequisite is going. Um, but really, uh, that's why we're talking about this book. How do we fulfill? What does that look like to fulfill that command of discipling? Of course it means evangelism. That's why we talked about evangelism the last um, bit. But uh, what does it mean in an ongoing way? It's not just a once and done kind of a thing. It's an ongoing thing to talk about making disciples. So that's what this book is about. Now, all, uh, let's be honest here. Uh, who got through, uh, first, let's talk about who got through the introduction in the book? Okay, who got through chapter one in addition to the introduction? Okay, who got through chapter two in addition to the first? Okay, you guys did really well. Really good job. All right, we'll see how far we get as far as the discussion this morning. We might, I read through it and I was like, this book has more chapters, but it's the same length as the last one. So I'm going by page number, not necessarily one chapter a week. That's why I'm doing that because it's about the same page breaking up. But we'll just see how far we get this morning. If we fall behind a little bit, that's okay. I'll try to uh, re redo the schedule if we need to. All right, but let's talk about this introduction. Um, so he kind of starts with talking about a couple um, realities in our culture. Uh, he talks about a couple poems, and uh, what was he pointing out with those poems? And uh, he talks about this this idea of people living in solo and things like that. What was his kind of point, or what was his setup uh, for the rest of the discussion of discipling? What was his observation, maybe, is another way of putting that. Yeah, yeah. So even even at a secular level, right? Like, bowling leagues aren't as uh, prevalent anymore. People bowl alone. They live alone. Uh, so very individual and increasingly individualistic culture uh, kind of goes along with uh, the secularization of the culture as well. Um, and he does that to set up for this idea of uh, discipleship. And he says this on page 12, uh, and I thought this is a really key quote. At the heart of Christianity is God's desire for a people to display his character. Um, that that's, it's, Christianity is not an individual, uh, there are individual aspects to Christianity, but it's not an individual thing. God is making a people for himself. He's gathering a people. Uh, so not singletons, uh, but people uh, for himself. Um, what do you think about that, that idea, and just uh, comments, observations, things that you thought about as you were reading that idea? Right. 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 Yeah, so you hear, uh, Susan just mentioned the people that you hear of, like, well, me going out in nature, that's church, you know, so I can go fishing on Sunday, and that's that's just fine. I'm not necessarily saying that's wrong, but, like, but that mentality that that's as equal to gathering with God's people, or I don't need to gather with God's people. Me and Jesus, we're good. Uh, it's pushing against that mentality. But this idea of God gathering a people is so key uh, as we think about the uh, discipleship. How does he define discipling? Uh, we talk about that language, but this is, I love stuff like this where we use this language, but we don't really, we kind of know what it means, but we don't really. But he takes some time to to give us a nice, clear, simple definition of what discipling is. So how does he define it? Yeah, I mean, he, in a nutshell, that's the subtitle of the book. He says, right, that discipling is helping others follow Jesus. Uh, what's the other way? He kind of gives two 
uh, two definitions. So that's one, the first one, right? Helping others follow Jesus. Uh, a disciple is a follower. Uh, it's a, they're a follower not of us, but of Jesus, right? So we're helping one another follow Jesus. What's the other one? Yeah, Ken. Yeah, so he, he talks about that, right? That's the first, that's the entry gate into discipleship is you've got to be saved. You've got to know Jesus or Jesus has to know you, really. Um, that's, that's, someone pointed that out to me. I think it was Jim uh, that uh, rather than asking, do you know Jesus? Uh, flipping that question around, does Jesus know you, right? But that's the, that's the entry gate into the Christian life. But what's the other way of, of talking? So discipleship is helping others follow Jesus. What's the other way he kind of characterizes that? What, this is like that paragraph on page 13 towards the top. Yeah, so intentional spiritual good for someone so that they'll be more like Jesus, that they'll help follow Jesus. What do you think about those definitions of discipleship? How is that different than what you've heard before? How is it helpful? Um, and of course, he's going to spend the rest of the book explaining that. But uh, what were your thoughts on that definition of discipleship? Huh? Yeah, there's a del- yeah intention, deliberateness, and that couples with Matthew 28, right? It is our mission as the church. Every person's mission is to be disciple makers. Not just my job um, as an elder uh, to be a disciple maker. It's the member's job of the church to be disciple makers, and we all. It's kind of like the culture of evangelism. Everyone's involved. Everyone's on game. It's the same thing with the culture of discipleship. Everyone's on game, uh, helping others, helping one another to follow Jesus, doing intentional spiritual good to help others follow Jesus. Other thoughts on this? This is key. We need to understand this definition before we move on uh, to make sure we're, we're comfortable with it. Yeah, Susan. Yes. Right. Yes, that is key, right? Discipling, when we talk about discipling, it's following. Who are they following? They're following, uh, they're following Christ. Um, there's some extra books up here if you guys need some um, in, in, um, in case I'm just, um, those of you who have walked in. Um, okay, so we got that idea. Any other thoughts on the idea, definition of discipling? Helping another follow Jesus, doing intentional spiritual good to help someone follow Christ. Yeah, Mike. takes effort, right? This is, this, is, this is work. This is effort. This is thoughtfulness, thinking ahead, uh, planning, strategizing, right? This is, uh, this is what it means to help others, helping one another, right? You put it in those terms, to follow Jesus. How is this kind of different maybe than other ways you've heard about talking about discipling? Or how does this, um, how does this help you? Sometimes we think, well, that's nebulous. What does that mean? What does that look like? How is this different uh, or at least helpful uh, compared to other ways you've heard or thought about discipleship in the past. Yeah, uh, Vicki. Yeah, it's an everyday kind of a thing. It when we think discipleship, we think formal, we kind of almost think this is, um, what's the right word, like, uh, it's beyond the basics of Christianity, right? Uh, but it's actually part of the basics of Christianity. Uh, and so that's, uh, and we, uh, we kind of have a stereotype, we might have a stereotyped image in our mind. Discipleship means uh, setting up a weekly, um, you know, we're going to coffee and we're talking over some book or some passage. And that might be true, but it's more broad than that, right? Uh, in other words, think about like what happens after preaching on Sunday. We dismiss, people hang around for an hour, right? And some of those conversations, we're just shooting the breeze and ha- developing good relationship. But some of those, those are opportunities to be intentional uh, with other people and help other people grow in Christ, right? And that's discipleship, or that can be one avenue of discipleship. Okay, so we kind of got that definition down, and he talks about what is a disciple and uh, 
just like Ken said a moment ago, the first step, right, the, the entryway into the life of the disciple is uh, being converted, right? So I, I like that passage, Mark eight thirty four, 34, uh, and there's the parallels in Luke and, uh, and Matthew, and there's even kind of a version in, um, in John as well, but uh, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, so that's kind of that renunciation of allegiance to sin and self that we've been talking about with repentance, take up his cross, uh, take up the instrument of shame, uh, being willing to live a life of shame in the world, uh, and follow me, follow Christ. Uh, so that's not just be converted, it is that, but it's also follow Christ. There's a whole, it's a package deal, discipleship and, um, and conversion. Is that different than things you've heard in the past, or like uh, that, that, that distinction between believing and discipleship? Uh, I don't know, any comments on that idea uh, and those terms, denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Christ, or any other things you underlined on that page or pages. Yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a both and kind of a thing, right? So let me ask this question: Do we ever cease being disciples uh, of Christ, or we ever arrive? No, no, we 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 keep growing, we keep learning how to follow Christ more, right? So that's still a, that's an ongoing process. Another way you describe that is ongoing sanctification, right? Um, is learning how to follow Christ more. So there's never a sense in which we arrive; it's an ongoing project for us. Um, so we need to be disciples, right? Uh, we need to be following Christ. But then in that, uh, we're also at the same time, even though we haven't arrived, we're also helping others follow Christ. So we're following, but then others are following as well. Right? Yeah, good. Good observations, Dave. Um, anything else on those pages that were helpful? What is a disciple? 13, 14, 15, things you underline, things that, yeah, Ken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and that's a key thing, right? Like, uh, there are some faithful believers, they're believers, but they would make a distinction between uh, believing and discipleship. You can be a believer and be saved and not be a disciple. And I just think that, and he's making the case, and I would agree with him, right, that there, there's no such thing, right? A disciple is a Christian, a Christian is a disciple, they're one and the same thing. Um, and uh, I think you, you get into serious trouble uh, if you carry that, if you believe that there's a distinction between being a believer and being saved and being a disciple, you run into serious issues. People that are uh, say, well, I prayed the prayer, I'm good, and then they don't do anything with their life, right? And they're deceived. They're ultimately deceived that they can, they can live for themselves and, and be saved. So, um, okay, yeah, Ken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, yep, and that was uh, a couple decades ago. Um, was the whole lordship salvation debate? Actually, probably two to three decades ago, um, and that whole lordship salvation debate. It's really over this issue of is a disciple, a believer, a disciple? Are they one and the same? And they are. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he quotes 2 Corinthians 5.15. I love that verse. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him, who, uh, for their sake, um, 
oh, I've memorized it in a different translation, yeah, who for their sake died and was raised, right? Um, that principle that Christ has purchased us, he has purchased a people for himself. And part of that is uh, that package deal is purchasing us into the joy of following him, the joyful responsibility of following him, okay? So then we move in, we kind of got this idea of what is a disciple, it's any believer, right? Uh, why disciple? Uh, what reasons does Dever give for uh, why we disciple? So not only why we are following Christ, but then as followers of Christ, why do we help others? Why do we do spiritual good to others, intentional spiritual good to others to help them follow Christ? What are the motivations? Yep. Yeah, that idea of um, follow me and that idea in John where um, uh, Jesus sets the example by serving others, by loving us uh, um, and serving us. And now he says, okay, I've given you an example. Uh, do that um, Do that to others. So starting on 16 and 17, what does kind of Dever boil it down to? Like, what, why, do we, why do we disciple others? We do it. Yeah, there's obedience. Yeah, love and obedience, right? So we love because he first loved us, right? So if we're in Christ, we, he has loved us. We see that, we, we, we focus on that, we know that, and then we, we want to we be conduits, not cul-de-sacs, to borrow a Piper uh, phrase, right, of grace, right? We want to be conduits of that grace that we've been given. We, and we, knew, we know this, right? We, we've said this before, that if you love something, you enjoy something, you delight in something, you want to share it with others, right? And that's not only in evangelism, but that's in discipleship, right? Uh, I've, uh, by God's grace, I'm, ex- I'm growing to follow Christ. I want you to know that too, and I want you to grow too. That's love and it's obedience, right? Christ commands us, and yet because of what Christ has done for us, that's why we, why we do this, so. Any other uh, quotes, things that were helpful for you, questions? Of course, always feel free to raise questions on anything that's said. Doesn't mean, uh, just because we're reading a book doesn't mean we absolutely agree with everything in it, okay? And so, so it's fair to raise questions. So, yeah. Matt. Yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely, right? This is the design. That's a good way of putting it for uh for a Christian. This is what it looks like and in all of its different aspects. Yeah. Yeah, Julie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Right. Right. I remember, um, so at FBC Spokane, um, Mike Riccardi um, from Grace Community Church, many of you know who he is, but um, he came up and he was talking about when you think about evangelism, you're not just thinking about, okay, I want you to make a profession of faith. I actually want you baptized, right? And think back to the Great Commission, right? It says, make disciples. What's that first step? By baptizing. Why? Because baptism is not only that individual's identification with Christ, but it's also the church's affirmation 
by all that we can see, this one is a disciple of Christ, and we're welcoming in you. We're conferring, we're, we're recognizing your citizenship, we're recognizing your membership into the local church, and we're responsible for you now. You're responsible to us, we're responsible to you, and that's, that's a key, <laughs> so key and foundational to that person's growth as a believer, right? Being part of a local church is essential uh, to growth, right? Otherwise, you got a baby, uh, and there, uh, Steve gave this kind of analogy. Uh, he's been using it the last couple of weeks. Like it's like that. You got a baby, and you just kind of leave them on the the table and hope that they grow and do okay. It's like that's not going to go well, right? It's a community project. So, um, yeah, very critical. Good, and it's pre- preservation of the gospel, right? We've we've been saying that along, going back to the gospel life thing, that. The gospel is not just for the entryway into the Christian life. It's the soil that we grow our roots deeper in the Christian life. It's the foundation that's always there. So found, the discipleship is always focused on Christ, a.k.a. it's always focused on the gospel. It's always rooted in that, um, ultimately. Good. Um, other thoughts? 16, 17, 18 in that section. Okay. And he says, uh, disciple where and how? So starting on page 18, uh, where, um, where, where and how do we make disciples? How does Dever put it? Yeah, so that's the, what we were just talking about, right? It's a community project. We do it through the church. The church, uh, really in Matthew 18, you've got the 11 apostles that are there, the, really the foundation of the universal church, Christ being the cornerstone, but then the apostles being those other stones building up the foundation, right? So he's commissioning them, but it's not just that he's commissioning these individuals, he's commissioning them as the foundation of the, the beginning of the church, right? And you see that explode out in Acts. Discipleship is a community project. It's not just that we want more individuals saved, we do. We want more embassies for the gospel, right? If the local church is the embassy of uh, Christ's kingdom, we want more embassies, uh, places where other disciples can be brought into, where they can be nourished, where they can grow. Um, so it's it's a whole church project. Um, yeah, Gary. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we display that and have that in the life of the church. Good. So it's through our churches. What else does he say on page 18 about discipling where and how? All the nations, right? Uh, Starting with the mid-Columbia region, right? So the nations are here, right? I I like to think about it like this. Wherever there's not disciples, make disciples, right? So that's here. That's abroad. We we participate that at every level as uh, as uh, as the church, okay? Okay, any other kind of comments on this chapter, 18, 19, underlines, questions, things that were helpful, uh, just as he kind of finishes up this first introductory chapter on what discipleship is all about? Absolutely. Uh, I like what he says on page 19. Um, good fellowship and discipling can, when he's talking about the local church, good fellowship and discipling can occur outside of the context of church membership, to be sure, but through the church's ministry of baptism and the Lord's Supper, we recognize one another as believers. We recognize here's the family that's helping one another disciple each other and to, to grow through those two ordinances. Through the baptism, we we, we join one to the many, uh, and through the Lord's Supper, we, uh, the many are joined into one. They're displayed as one body, committed to one another. Okay, let's move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. 
start it. Yep. Right. And we remember the church is, it's not just the building, right? It's the people, right? It's, it's the people who are here, right? So we, I love this building, but this, isn't the, this building isn't the church, right? The members of this church are the church, right? That is the church, the people here, um, and, uh, and every, every person, every member needs to be characterized by that idea of, of, of discipleship. We're all in this. So even as you think about what happens during the week, we have the, we have the Sunday morning gathering. That's like our rallying point. That's, we're commanded to do that. But that is an element of discipleship. It's where we worship the Lord together. It's where we take the Lord's Supper together. We recognize one another as citizens uh, and are helping one another to grow. But you think about during the week, right? There's, there's Bible studies uh, that happen. Um, and what are those really there for? Yes, to learn more about Christ, but also to be helping through that one another to grow, right? Um, individual one-on-one meetings, right? Like um, going to someone with co- for coffee or uh, having a meal together, having someone in your home for a meal together. Yes, it's an opportunity to spend time with one another and develop relationship, but it's also opportunity uh, to help that one, uh, that person follow Jesus um, more. So, uh, David, I think I saw your hand go up. Or we'll... Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay, so we talked about the introduction. We're probably not going to get through chapter two. That's okay. Um, we'll see how we go. Um, but then he gets into part one. So he actually jumps into the book, What is Discipling? And he kind of breaks it down. So he starts in chapter one, the inevitability of influence. Um, and I like this. Uh, what's his point um, kind of in this chapter? Yeah, we all, we all influence one another. I kind of liked uh, page 24 uh, and 25. He talks about his friend Matt, who like, here's the bank you go to in town. Here's the this that you go to. And he said, Matt discipled me in how to get around my neighborhood, right? But it kind of gets this picture of we're all, being, we're all being influenced and we're all influencing. There's no question about it. Uh, you, you are influencing others one way or another, or, and you are being influenced. And, you know, the question he points out is, what kind of influence do you have? What is your influence for good or is it for ill, right? It's happening one way or the other. Uh, In that sense, you're discipling uh, one way or the other. Uh, The question is, how well are you you doing it? Um, How will you use your influence, he says on uh, page uh, 25. Um, Any thoughts on or underlines, questions, page 24, 25? So think about as you, uh, might be helpful for you as we think about how do we apply this, uh, think about who do you have influence with, right? What individuals, what groups of people uh, do you have influence with or potential influence with? Right, Na- neighbors is definitely one of those, right? So um, if they're not saved, right, you're still aiming at them being disciples uh, in the terms of evangelism, um, uh, but even people within the church, who do you have influence with, right? Who, who's in your sh- kind of circle? Who's in your sphere, right? Um, we're all responsible to each other, but um, you, have, you have a responsibility to one another. So, yeah. Any other ideas? on the, It's a short chapter on this, uh, the influence stuff. Any other questions, underlines, comments? He's the senior holy person. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 Influence with family is huge, right? Is is um, one we can think of that immediate family, right? Of uh, there's there's that reality of uh, parents bring up your or fathers bring up your children in the fear and discipline of the Lord, right? So fathers are responsible for discipling their kids, um, aiming at their salvation, uh, you know, helping facilitate that. Uh, he can't ultimately bring people, the parents can't ultimately save their kids, right? But facilitating that, teaching about Jesus, who is he, right? And then if they're saved, right, helping them to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. So, yeah. And then in your broader family, right, you, there's influence there and as, as a believer, okay? Okay, let's go ahead and jump into chapter two. Chapter one was pretty short. So you're always influencing someone, uh, one way or the other. Um, so the question is, are you influencing in the right way? Two, oriented towards others. Um, and what uh, what'd you think, you guys, so, so what's his point kind of in the intro here in the chapter? He's talking about going to church and how you think about uh, what, what should be, what's the difficulty in coming to church? Eden's giggling, so. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and what do you mean by that? Like, what's his point in all the, the, yeah. But what's his point in that kind of first, uh... right? Yeah, so is, yeah, so are you coming, his question really is, are you coming to church or are you running your Christian life in general? Is it all about you? which is kind of back to that individual mentality. You may be coming to church, but you still got the me and Jesus mentality, which is good, right? You need that. But you also, uh, there's that way in which you can operate uh, as a consumer versus as, as a, one who's oriented towards others. And that's a helpful phrase, oriented towards others. Um, uh, he, you know, he talks about the opportunities you have. Uh, each one of these decisions provided you with an opportunity to give yourselves to others and to join in the work of Christ, or they provided you with an opportunity to look out for yourself and do what's best for you. Uh, he's skipping down a little bit. Being a disciple of Jesus means orienting our lives towards others just as Jesus did, which goes back to what Eden mentioned earlier in John uh, you know, 13 through 15. Uh, I've left you an example. Do what I've done uh, uh, for one another. So, what uh, we move into uh, uh, 28 and 29, he kind of sets out the biblical pattern. What does it look like to be uh, oriented towards others? So, what did you see there on pages 28 and 29? Yeah. Of course. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Yeah, well said. Yeah, because that's what Christ did. So he talks about this biblical pattern. He starts back with the parenting uh, idea back in Deuteronomy 6. What's, what does he draw out of that? We're talking about parenting uh, in Deuteronomy 6 and that pattern there. What's he, what's he emphasizing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, so he's showing the discipling goes on in history. And what does that look like, especially in Deuteronomy 6? Yeah, so it's all the time, Deuteronomy 6, you know, whether you lie down, whether you get up, uh, you know, all these different act, actions in life, it's whole life, um, and then what does it involve? Like, okay, so we're, it's all the time that you're doing this, but what are you doing fundamentally? What is Deuteronomy 6 point to? Teaching. Yeah, you're teaching. It is word-based, right? We say and we affirm that uh, God builds his church a.k.a. he builds individual believers, both in depth and in breadth, through the word, right? Therefore, it makes sense, as we're living life together, we're, we're involved in each other's lives, 
uh, discipling, we're ultimately bringing it back to the word, right? We're teaching at a certain level. We're hoping and teaching one another to grow in those things. Um, how does this show up in Jesus' ministry? How did Jesus do discipleship? Yeah, they were with him all the time. Right. You're inviting other people uh, into your home, into your life. They're, they're watching you. You're watching. Teaching happens not just I'm giving you words to think about, but also by example, right? And that's what happened with the disciples and with Jesus, right? They heard his teaching. They heard the Sermon on the Mount. They were instructed in that way, but they were also instructed by watching his example. Same thing with us, right? We invite people into our lives. We're involved with them. They see our example. There's back to the idea of influence, uh, but then they also... We're helping them. We're pointing them back to the scriptures. So, yeah, Mike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got that example part. We're living epistles. That's a good way to put it. He talks about the same pattern with uh, Timothy and Paul, right? Timothy's hanging on with Paul a lot, and you kind of see his development as you walk through the letters of scripture, but it's the, it's the same thing. And then he switches into this idea on page 30 of toiling and struggling. Uh, so again, we're t- still talking about Paul's example. What did Paul toil and struggle for? The gospel, yeah. Specifically, uh, Colossians 1, and 29. What's he trying to do with people? This is page 30. Yeah, present everyone mature in Christ. Him, so back to Christ, where our fundamental proclamation is Christ. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone. There's the word-based instruction again. With all wisdom that we may present. What's the aim? Everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. That's the aim of discipleship, right? Maturity in Christ, right? So, that's our aim for uh, the members of Faith Bible Church as elders, as those we're responsible for, to present every person mature in Christ. Um, but then that's also the members' aim for each other, right? That we want to help one another grow and mature in Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's the imitation of I'm, um, yeah, Susan said, you know, the idea of little me's, right? Like, if you're, you're not just consuming, but you're giving to others, you're passing that on to others, right? So you're passing that idea of on to others that uh, you're discipling them, but then so that they can disciple others as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second Timothy two two, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Good. Um and then it's not just our toiling and our struggling, although that's true, right? It's going to cost, someone just said it a minute ago, right? Uh, it's going to cost us. It's effort. It takes work um, to look outside of ourselves, to be influencing others, to be caring for others, speaking truth. But that's counterbalanced by this other reality on page 31, God's powerful work, right? Uh, which is what? Uh, what's... So we toil, we work, we work hard, but what's the counterbalance? God works through us, right? Uh, that's even what Paul said in Colossians 1, 28, 29, right? Um, toiling with all the effort that he powerfully works within me, right? 
So back to that idea, we uh, I think Matt um, said it earlier, right? We have the resources through the Holy Spirit at work in our lives um, to be able to um, care for others. Not perfectly, right? We haven't arrived, uh, but uh, we, we're learning, and we're also able to help um, someone else learn because of the work of God in our lives, right? Uh, other thoughts on pages 30, 31. And then 31, uh, he just talks again about that idea of we're proclaiming Christ. This is not making disciples of us, this, um, although we, we have an example, but it is making disciples of Christ. And go back to what we talked about uh, several weeks ago. Christ is risen and ascended and living right now in heaven at the right hand of the Father, right? So Christ can still be followed. Uh, he's living, he's reigning, right? So we're just stewards trying to help point and help others follow the living and reigning Christ. Um, he then kind of ends with this idea of a, a word to pastors. And really, that work of discipleship, it's not just for the elders um, slash pastors of the church, but there's a key role there, especially with regards to eldership and deacons, right? So the leadership of the church, we got elders and deacons, right? We always got to be looking out for the next generation of who's the next generation of elders and who's the next generation of deacons, Right? Uh, that's kind of a sp discipleship specific uh, to the leadership of the church, right, and the care of the church. That's just another element. So uh, we pray, and um, our minds are always, who's next, right? Who's coming up? Uh, who's five years out? Who's 10 years out, right? Thinking and praying in that direction, right? So we're, we're going to labor in that direction, but we also know that it's God who's raising those people up at the same time. Any other thoughts on this chapter? Um, I guess we did get through chapter two. That's great. Um, uh, just things that were helpful, things you had questions about, 32, Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, uh, the, Dan Jarms, the main teaching pastor up in FBC Spokane, he put it this way, and I thought it was really helpful. All discipling is, is you're, you know stuff, and you're passing on what you know to someone who doesn't know that, right? So that's your outflow. But your inflow is always, you don't know stuff, and you need to talk to someone else to learn that other thing. But that's really all discipling is, Right? It's not that you have to be comprehensive. Like we said, no one's arrived. You're still growing and learning, but you have something to offer, right? You have something to, to give. And just like 1 Corinthians 12 says, we need every member. We need every member doing this, right? I like to kind of think, um, if you were to think about, um, you know, we gather on a Sunday morning, we sit under the preaching of God's word. That's kind of our, our, our top-down discipleship. It's the big gun launch every week for you know, doing that. So you think of that as kind of top-down strands, but we need a bunch of cross strands too, right? We need a bunch of cross strands where people are involved in each other's lives to, to help one another to grow. Uh, and that's where you get a healthy church, right? And a healthy community, uh, a healthy, healthy disciple-making, loving community. So, yeah. Yeah, Mike. Yes. You're right. Making a resurgence because of COVID, yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I, I can't, yeah, absolutely. You are absolutely right, right? Digital church, like sitting on the other end of a screen, you can get the same sermon and the same songs. I was struck by this during COVID, right, um, when our church was live streaming for a while uh, up north. And I was like, I'm getting the same songs. I'm getting the same serving, but something's wrong. And the wrongness of it is what uh, I believe Ephesians 5, 18 talks about, um, and 5, 18 and following. Be filled by means of the Spirit. And you're like, 
well, that's for me, right? No, it's not an individual command. It's a corporate command. You all be filled by the, um, the Spirit, and then it gives the participles that describe what does that look like? Singing to one another, um, giving thanks, serving one another, right? It's the one another. The Spirit, it, you, you, you experience a dimension of the fullness of the Spirit when we gather as a church together to sit under the preaching of the word together, because when we sit under it together, we're mutually accountable to what we heard. You're not mutually accountable if you're sitting on your couch at home, right? And that's the dynamic. So gathering is so significant as part of that aspect of discipleship, right? And that's at least the beauty, uh, one of the good things coming out of the last couple years, right? We understand that a gathering and attending uh, it's significant. It feels kind of insignificant, but it really is significant in what's happening there because of the dynamics of discipleship that are going on. So, well, now, now let's go ahead and pray for the gathering this morning as we enter it. Lord, we do thank you for the gathering of your saints, and we praise you that your uh, local temple, the temple is, ascend, uh, is assembling this morning, uh, gathering together. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would help each one of us in this room to be intentional with others here to encourage them to follow Christ, to speak of Christ, uh, to help one another to grow. Lord, help us to be better dis uh, first uh, disciples in learning to follow you, but also better disciple makers. Um, help us always to have inflow and outflow in our lives. And Lord, may you receive all honor and glory. And we would just ask, you are the one who causes the growth. So we would ask that you would work in us and in our church for your name's sake, for your glory. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.